welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Sergio. I'm here with your other host, Jeff. Uh, we're going to be your your Shellhead ambassadors this evening uh, as we talk about some Ninja Turtle stuff. Uh, this time we're going to talk about some, uh, some some classic Ninja Turtle stuff. Uh, but Jeff, how is it going? It's going pretty well, Sergio. How's it going for you? Yeah, well, it's been it's been a week. Yeah, some some hiccups here and there. Yeah, yeah, I've had to drop a lot of money that wasn't on Ninja Turtles. Ooh, that's always a just kicking the junk. Yeah, it just feels like like a waste of money. Like, why why do I need hot water? I mean, I could think of several different reasons. You know, but can't I just have Krangs? You could. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, it's it's fine. We're fine. I've had a great week, Jeff. Really? Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um. Uh, even though I've you know had to spend all this other money in other places, um, I, I have had 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 some 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 time and some money to uh, get stuff in the mail. But we have to wait for a segment for that. So uh, when is that coming? It's time to see what's in Sergio's box. Oh, it's now? <laughs> it's now time to see what's in Sergio's box. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I did get a, a couple of Ninja Turtles things over the past two weeks. Um, and and probably the most important of, of those is the Fugitoid figure. Oh, nice. Uh, from Target. Uh, those those things went, went live on the Holothon website. And they were popping in and out of... Uh, of uh in stock for hours and I, I jumped in at the right time and hit purchase and boom i ordered one nice and you got and the it, regular one right i got the regular one uh i i don't think i would have gotten the uh the signature one if it was in stock because 60 dollars is a bit much for kevin eastman's you know signature mm-hmm. but i think if i'd have stumbled upon it at a store I might have bought it if it was at a store. Yeah. You know, but it's fine. Some, I'm, yeah. I mean, I know some people have. I've seen posts here and there, um, which is just odd for something like that to pop up in just like a retail chain. You know, like that's just rife for scalpers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and <laughs> so one of uh. One of our listeners who had just listened to the last episode, his name's uh, Michael Munoz. He he messaged up us and he's like, "Dude, look, no, seriously, they are available in stores." And and like he 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 sent me some sent sent the Shellheads uh, account some pictures of how they're different and and yeah the the regular one has like black writing and the the signature one has white writing and they have different backgrounds like there's a, there's a little bit of you know a, a difference to the packaging but mm-hmm. the, the the figure itself is the same so yeah not too worried about it uh the odd thing the odd thing about this whole holothon thing which is still ongoing it's it's going to continue for the next 2 weeks i believe the holothon website Every Friday is updated with this week's purchase, you know, you know, available items. And it gives you two, like if you go to the link for, let's say, the Fugitoid, it gives you two links. One, to purchase it from Target or to purchase it international. Mm-hmm. Okay, the one from Target is just a link to the Target 
website and it's for buyers who plan to buy it in the United States. If you go to the international link, it takes you to costumes.com. It's weird. Yeah. Like, you know, NECA owns a whole bunch of different companies, so maybe they own costumes.com. I don't know. Uh, but the first day, like the like the launch of the Holothon, they were forwarding all these international orders to costumes.com, but they hadn't set costumes.com to international purchases only. Ooh. So I ordered... <laughs> I ordered Toka and Razar and another Fugitoid because that's what I ordered first. I guess that's what I did first was order it through costumes. And I was like, well, if they cancel this order, it's not that big a deal. Uh, I'll just order the Fugitoid through Target and, you know, I'll return whatever one or I'll, you know, give one of them to Jeff. You know, we'll find a place to shove this Fugitoid, right? Mm hmm. But they haven't shipped it, and they haven't canceled it. Huh. And I've and on some of my turtles, uh, you know, boards, it, apparently they're shipping them. Hmm. They just, I guess, haven't gotten to my order yet. I, I don't know. But it'll be real cool to get a package from costumes.com. Yeah. Uh, now, now, if you were to try that tactic, uh, the website doesn't let you order the Holothon stuff to a, a domestic address but that first day was wild boy man that's, that's nuts yeah yeah the, the the other thing that i got was i finally got the fourth loyal subjects uh ninja turtle mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk more about the loyal subjects soon enough yeah the the, the best action figures uh that are i've only seen them at walmart's i've been told they're sold other places but well, they, they, t- technically, Big Big Bad is supposed to have them, but none of my orders from them have shipped. Mm-hmm. So I have all four of the turtles in both paint jobs: the the Walmart exclusive paint job that's you know black and white with with a uh, red masks, and then the traditional you know colored masks. Uh, we'll have more news on specifically that a, a bit later in news. All right, Jeff, uh, I've got one more thing in my box. Okay. And then we can move on to, to you know, whatever's next. Um, so d- d- we've talked about this this DVD set for months, if not a year now. Uh, the You know, the the DVD set they're selling it uh, specifically, in my, in my case, Walmart, the one that has all, the, like, all ten seasons of the original show? Yes, for, like, what, 24 bucks? Yeah, it's like, tw- it's like 24 bucks. Um, and that's retail. That's not even on sale. Like, that's a steal. It is absolutely a steal. Um, but it like the deal is even better than just getting a bunch of episodes on DVD. Do tell. Yeah. So I was in one of my, my, my Facebook groups, I came across uh, this dude mentioned, he said, if you buy that $25 set at Walmart, you can redeem the set in your voodoo library. Say what? Yeah, and have access to all 10 years of Ninja Turtles for no extra cost. That's crazy. And yeah, it is. And I didn't believe it because you know, you know, I'm I'm pretty intimately familiar with the Voodoo like system and the I, Voodoo that you do? 
the voodoo that I do. Yeah. Yeah. So so apparently there's this 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 antiquated offer that they set up with Walmart back when voodoo was owned by Walmart mm-hmm. called InstaWatch. And there are certain titles that if you buy them through Walmart and verify your receipt on your Walmart.com account, if your Walmart.com account is also linked to your Voodoo, it will automatically say you own those th- th- that movie or television show, and mm-hmm. you can just watch them on Voodoo. Mm-hmm. So – I had never linked those things, so I didn't know it was a thing. But you know, once I heard, I heard, hey, I can, I can totally do this. I tested it. I was like, I, I've been buying these, these uh, season sets on Vudu one at a time, because yeah. they would go on sale for like five dollars here and five dollars there. And this, this completed my collection immediately. And it really, it, it irks me that I didn't know this years ago. But uh, it's 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 not easy to do like you, you kind of have to dig to find the stuff, because, as I said, it's an antiquated system that is I doubt they're even releasing new movies and TV shows to it uh, because Walmart doesn't own voodoo anymore. Comcast does. Right. So I I guess get it while it's hot. Like you don't need a code. You don't need anything. Uh, you just need to buy it and keep your receipt and make sure it's logged in your walmart.com account it's wild i I, i'm jokingly referring to it as the throat in the river deal okay that works because once you buy the dvds you can redeem them redeem them on voodoo and throw the dvds in the river i don't recommend doing that (laughs) i don't it's always good to have a backup just in case yeah and i'm not saying pollute the river with your dvds i'm just saying like I bought those that DVD set just to redeem them in Voodoo. I already had all those episodes. Uh, I, I also did some research to, um, you know, we, we had we had talked about how that DVD set might have uh, some weirdness to it, and it absolutely does. They didn't change a thing. Oh, all of course of, not, except for the discard. Just the discard. That's it. The actual like content on the discs. Are the exact it's the exact same content on the individual volumes that were released, all the way down to like the trailers. Wow. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't correctly put those two uh, uh, episodes that were way out of order in the correct order. No, no. Not at all. Um, like the, 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 the season three discs has the first episode of season four, like it, all of the weird idiosyncrasies from those original volumes are still intact. It's, it's, it's got this weird broken charm to it. I kind of like it. I mean, that's kind of cool. It makes me wonder though, like, and this is kind of on topic, but not on topic. Like, since Shout Factory just recently acquired everything from ALF, which was previously with Lionsgate, it makes me kind of wonder, you know, could Turtles be next? Could we get it like a proper redoing or, you know, uh, I think Blu-ray release would probably be out of it because they don't do standard definition on Blu-ray. But that would be great to have all of it on like, what, two discs? Yeah, <laughs> 
But but think of it this way: if if they're currently selling them for twenty four dollars or twenty five dollars for the entire set, it's, what is the market for anything more than twenty five dollars? I don't know. There there can't be the market can't be big for uh, an edition that is more deluxe than this because there's not much more you can add. Like you can I guess re rescan them, but that that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I know one company that could do it like super proper um, and do it really, really well. But since it's a, a like weird you, licensing issue, you know, who, who are you selling it to? Like that, that. Ultimately, that's the that's the question. Who do you sell it to? Yeah. All these people already own the this this twenty five dollar set that you can watch on Vudu now. So it there's lots of collectors out there. Yeah. Well, uh, if you're in a Walmart and you want to check out some Ninja Turtles, go 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 check out the Throw It in the River deal and uh, tell them Sergio sent you. And don't throw it in the river. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty much all that I got this week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you get anything this week, Jeff? Uh, not Ninja Turtle wise. I'm trying to think. No, just a bunch of other stuff. Cool. Yeah, I've got Super Bebop and Mighty Rocksteady or whatever it is. Super Rocksteady and Mighty Bebop coming. Like their <laughs> Target shipped them today. Uh-huh. So they'll be here in the next few days. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what's our next segment, Jeff? And now it's time for the news. Welcome to our news segment. Uh, this this week we don't have much news. Uh, Jeff 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 went scouring the internet trying to curate some some turtles news and it's just a just a little trickle just a little trickle. It we we go through this we go through droughts and we go through downpours. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it it's just it's weird. <laughs> just just it's just how it be. Yeah, yeah. What's the first topic that we have? Uh, well, the um, is that a knock at your house? Nope. Oh, okay. NECA will be retiring and putting a, about nine figures in the vault. <laughs> I sent this to you not because it's news news. Like it's it technically, it, you know, it's news. You know, if NECA's talking about Ninja Turtles figures, we should probably mention it. But just the ludicrous idea that, oh, we're going to stop production on these. You better go get them while you can. Like most of these you aren't able to find in stores. Yeah. Like the ones on the far right, like the, 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 the this includes all four of the punk, punk frogs. Uh, Dirtbag and Ground Chuck, um, Wingnut, Screw Loose, Chrome Dome, Mondo Gecko, the Catwoman from Channel Six set, Muck Everlasting, which is the the uh, Muck Man, and the Turtles in Time version of Baxter Stockman. Yeah, like the only ones that are kind of easy to find are Chrome Dome's not that hard to find. Wingnut like and Screwloose. I saw that on the shelf 
when I was in Target the other day. Yeah, and you, you could probably find the, the punk frogs. But you're not going to find the Catwoman from Channel 6. No. Th- like, that, that's a, that was a Comic-Con exclusive release. Mm. Like, it, it, was, it was like an event release. It, it, it's, it's, they're posting this like, hey, we have – the shelves are stocked. Go get them while you can. And they, they're not. <laughs> why, why are you even posting this? I don't know. Like they'll do one thing good, and then they'll do something like this. And that's it's like just silly. It seems real silly to even post this. Yeah, I mean, you would think that a company that's like dedicated to making action figures, like, oh, we're just going to keep you know shelling these out. Uh, no, don't retire your action figures. Don't stop making that stuff. That's dumb. They're not because playmates. I oh. Yeah, yeah. Like it was already hard enough to find s- certain ones of these in the stores due to the supply chain issues, and then like now that everything's able to come back in, you know, and getting where they need to get, um, you know, give people a chance to you know buy this stuff. Don't just you know give us options. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think it's if if I were a betting man. I'm not a betting man, but if I was a betting man, I would bet that the majority of these figures never even got like a second run. Like they just made 10,000 of each or 5,000 of each and then pushed them out the door and said, bye. They didn't spin the machines back up to re, you know, to remake any of these. So to retire them is it, it feels like an empty gesture. Yeah. You know, but it might mean, you know, it might mean something. It may, may mean something in, in like internally because uh, if if you paid close attention to the to the to the holothon stuff, one of the 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 earlier two packs that had been gone off of shelves for a very long time, the what was it, the Rat King Vernon two pack? Yeah, you could just straight up buy that from Target last week. So who knows? Who knows what any of this stuff means? Yeah. Yeah, I like I I trust this, but I also don't trust it. Whatever. Let's move on. We've already given it too much attention. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? Uh, we've got some more rumblings from the uh, brand uh, loyal subjects. We are getting a Bebop in Rocksteady human form and like in addition to their regular versions but it well it kind of looks like you can just maybe change the head out and maybe change the hands or something yeah i don't i don't know like i let me check my pre-orders because i'm pretty sure some of these aren't new announcements yeah because i don't remember us reporting about these yeah there was already a bebop and Casey Jones available for pre-order. Yeah, but this is a totally different one. Um, looking at these, uh, I I I don't. Hmm. Hmm. This is this is real confusing because I literally have that that Bebop pre-ordered, the one that has the the you know the warthog head. Yeah. It does not indicate on the Big Bad Toy Store website that it comes with two heads. So either this is a second sculpt with a second head, 
like with a new head, or it actually just comes with two heads. Yeah. Uh, also, we have to talk about this Casey Jones. We do. Because it is, it's a nightmare. He's not pretty. So, so I'll, there'll, there'll be a link in the show notes, but they already had up for pre-order the traditional Casey Jones. It looked a lot like the original action figure, and he, he had a mask on, right? Yeah. That you can see and pre-order today uh, from Big Bad Toy Store. It looks pretty cool considering it's a best action figure, a.k.a. the loyal subjects. Mm-hmm. What what this this news story that we're going to link to has is an unmasked Casey that has face paint on, similar to the face paint in the 2012 cartoon. Or one of the skeletons from uh, the Karate Kid movie. Maybe, yes. Who uh, Looks a lot like that. This is wrong on multiple levels. One, if this is based on the original cartoon, Casey never took his mask off, so wh- how do you know what he looks like? Yeah. And it looks like it's like a repainted version of like maybe 2K3 Casey, but given like 87 colors. Yeah, yeah. And we have no evidence that that version of Casey wore face paint. Yeah. None whatsoever. And two, if this is an exchangeable head of the other one, why include this at all? Yeah. Unless you absolutely need to include a second head. And if that's the case, I don't know, put a. Because when you when you scroll down the page and you look like it's to- they're they're totally different. Like it looks like a totally different type of quality. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. Like it's 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 alarming. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of looks like the same maybe. I have no idea. It's hard to tell. It's very hard to tell. And all it's, these and all these images are pre-release images anyway. Yeah. But the crime here is the face. That's that's the crime. Yeah. Uh, and it's I, I don't I don't know if I can forgive them for that. It's it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. Uh, but let's keep let's let's move on to some more loyal such subjects news, which is not as infuriating, more disappointing that I am who I am. <laughs> and take it away. Yeah. So <laughs> I mentioned earlier that there are already two sets of Ninja Turtles from the Loyal Subjects on the market. There's the Walmart exclusive four pack and a, you know, an individual, you know, buy each turtle for 20 bucks uh, skew. And those have the, the, you know, the four different color masks. Well, the Loyal Subjects has, has, I guess they're raking in cash from this Ninja Turtles license because they have announced yet another paint job uh, for these dumb figures. And these are going to be based on the original comics, hmm. where the turtles are green, not black and white, and they all have red masks. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen what these look like just yet. In person, or just in general? Oh, oh no, 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 wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no
the the ones that come with the comics. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten to the comic part of this. To to sweeten the deal, uh, they are including a best of insert turtle name here comic with the action figure. So uh, IDW has been doing this run of comics where it's best of Raphael, the best of Leonardo, the best of Splinter, the best of Casey Jones. And apparently they just got a whole bunch of copies of this comic and that they're bundling with these, uh, these turtles and they're going to retail for like what? 39 or 29 99, mm. which is $10 more than the figure itself. So you're paying $10 for a $6 comic book. Yeah. It's, it's, there's so many things wrong with this. Okay. One, these best of books are not the best of, Mm -hmm. they're just the most easily packageable. So it's like the original, what is it? Uh, the original one shot from each turtle is in these best best ofs. The, the then the one shot from the IDW book is in there, and then there's also like a macro that's not a micro, like a one shot macro. It's a longer one shot that I think mm-hmm. they included. Like it, it's just the most easily packageable book for these characters, mm-hmm. and. A lot of them have been recolored They're Some of them are in a continuity that you kind of have to know to understand the book. But on top of that, they're from multiple different continuities, so you can't really read the book as one story. So like the, the best of books are just a cheap cash grab from IDW, and now they're throwing them and packaging them inside of a cheap cash grab from Best Action or from The Loyal Subjects. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna th- they're already pre pre orderable at Walmart.com. Hmm. Yeah. And the thing that just irks me so much is because they're a different like a different paint job on the turtles. Mm-hmm. I want them. I want them badly. Huh. Yeah. Like if they were just the same turtles package with it. I, it would bounce right off me because I already have these th- these dumb books and I already have these dumb figures, but they're different though. Yeah, but you know you don't have to give them your money. I, I know I don't, but I feel like if I if 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 we stop buying Ninja Turtles stuff, they'll stop making it. Oh no, that ain't gonna happen. I know I know that that's like a flawed logic, but you know, like if you stop milking a cow, doesn't the m- milk stop coming? They'll just, they'll just get another cow. They'll just turn it into steaks and make a new cow. <laughs> mm, delicious steaks. Let's move on. Uh, this isn't listed in our, in our news section, but I, I think we need to note, just mention it. Uh, also available on Walmart.com uh, is a brand new six pack from Playmates that is like the t- the what is it, the tenth anniversary of the. 2012 cartoon yeah it is six figures from that line uh all four of the turtles splinter and shredder if and it and of course just like all of these the the most recent playmates re-releases these come it, it comes in a cute little box that is designed to look like what was the what was the turtle van called in that show the battle shell 
No. I I think so. I can't remember. Uh, shell razor. It's the shell razor. There we. Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the 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 little carrying case, little box looks like the shell razor. So it's it's nice and cute. It's fifty bucks for six figures. That's not bad. That's not. So check those out. Um, as I said, it's on Walmart.com, uh, and they're still available for pre-order. So get them while they're hot. Uh, do we have any other mail? Mail. Do we have any other news? We do. Um. While not directly related to the turtles, we do have an update on the Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi Chronicles. Now, this isn't directly related to the turtles, but it kind of is because, you know, Usagi Ujimbo has, you know, shown up several times in all different types of media. Um, But this is a in-the-future version, uh, and it follows the descendant, uh, Usagi, uh, the release date... Um, is April 28th on Netflix. Yeah. There's so many things about this that just, I'm so, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's only one Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. Like every instance of him is the same one. It's not like a a multiverse situation. I, I think so. I'm not up on my Usagi like I used to be. I know there was like a space Usagi, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's really great about this version, uh, as far as like production wise, like Stan Sakai has complete control over everything, which is kind of like really nice to see, as opposed to them kind of mucking it up with like, you know, <sighs> as, as studios tend to do. Yeah. And 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 that's kind of what I was getting at because he he owns the character, yeah. So and her, he owns the franchise, so he does have final say on everything. Um, and if if there is only one who's you know Usagi Ojimbo, I'm sure Netflix asked him, "Hey, can we just tell the story of that rabbit?" And he was like, "No, I've already done that." Yeah. Now. Here's a story that I'm, you know, willing to make with you. It's in the universe of this, and it is a descendant of Usagi Ojimbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've already told the story. You're not going to re, you're not going to mess up what I've already done. Yeah, is 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 how I'm interpreting all this, which is cool. You know, um, I don't think it's what Netflix wants. Ultimately, I think they, I think they wanted a, an adaptation. But fans of the Rabbit. Are getting a rabbit, mm-hmm. and yeah. You know, after you sent me that, uh, that that was it a teaser or some some like some some graphics last week? It it I it after seeing several of the graphics, I did not know that was a boy rabbit. Yeah, like I'm. I, it's it doesn't even look like a like a a hugely feminine rabbit, but maybe right. it's just the way the ears are falling on the shoulder or the the bangs. Maybe in the hair. And the fact that I don't hear its voice, it, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a girl rabbit for like a couple weeks because I wasn't following the, the you know the news story that closely. Right. So and it's 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 all it's all interesting. I'll I'll check it out. Like yeah. I, I I watched the first episode of that god awful Halo show this week, so Ooh. I'm definitely gonna watch the the you know Usagi Ojimbo show. Mm. I've been hearing mixed things. It is an abomination. Ooh. 
I'm not going to get us derailed, but oh my god, it barf. Straight up barf. Um, Peter Jackson wasn't involved, was he? I don't know. He was supposed to be. Just everyone should be fired. All of them. Oof. Uh, I, is that all of our news? Um, one mm. thing, I, I don't know if, if we announced this last time, but we finally have a, 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 a final date for um, The Last Ronin. Mm-hmm. And it's one day before Usagi Ojimbo. That's that's you know that's a coincidence. Or Samurai Rabbit. So like you 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 read the last the last run on Wednesday the twenty seventh and then watch Samurai Rabbit on the twenty eighth. Yeah. Woohoo! So so as it goes, we will be typically we record on Tuesdays. That week we will be recording on Wednesday. Uh, after. The Last Ronin 5 comes out. That mm-hmm. way, we can cover The Last Ronin in that that episode. So, that's doable. Yeah. Um, any other news? I think that's it. I Yeah, it's just it's just kind of a dry week. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, other things, other big things happen in entertainment, but we're not going into that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and if you have to ask, you already know people. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much does it. Okay. Well, before we get to our main topic, uh, let's take a quick break. Okay. Welcome back. Hey, Jeff. Are you you ready for a main topic? I am. Oh, fantastic. What is our main topic this week? We have well crafted uh, a a outline for an entire Ace Duck animated series. No, 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 no. I I would read that pitch if if someone were to bring it to me, but no, we did not do that. Oh well, maybe you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so you misunderstood the assignment. I did. <laughs> I, I only got the cliff notes. Well, we watched a boatload. Oh, I wouldn't say a boatload. We watched a bunch of the original cartoon series. Uh, we have been chipping away at the, what, 190-something episodes? Yeah. Slowly but surely. And we have made it up to season four. Uh, we've, we've split up season four into four chunks. This is chunk number three. And uh, as as we talked about last time, we talked about this series. Season four is where they made the jump from syndication to CBS. And it may not seem like a, that big of a jump, but if but if you look at the, the like the turnaround times on episodes and the amount of content that they were having to produce, the move really helped their production schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when it moved over to CBS, uh, instead of airing every day of the week, it was just airing on, I believe, Saturday. Like, yeah. Yeah. Two episodes every Saturday. And that's that's crazy. Like, why not do, you know, one episode and stretch it out? But I believe they had did they have the rights to the to the old syndicated episodes? That I don't remember i don't remember it's it's possible I, they they just oh, during the off season they ran a bunch of those 
it's it's entirely possible. I just don't remember seeing any of those old episodes um, on CBS. Now, they I can't remember if they were still airing on Fox. There was a short period of time where it, where it was both. Yeah, like there were there were a few weeks where there was a new episode of Ninja Turtles six days a week, five in syndication and then two two on that Saturday. So seven, seven episodes a week, which was wild. Yeah. But the reason I bring that up is because as of this, this episode, we have crossed the threshold completely. We're only talking about CBS produced episodes. Yeah. Uh, and with that comes a, a little bit of a, you know, a quality boost, uh, in both the animation and I would say even more so in the writing. Yeah. The, the writing in these episodes is much – it's it's more um, tuned to what the show was. Uh, I feel like the first three seasons, the, the producers had a, had a tough time nailing down, was this an action show? Was this a comedy show? Uh, are we just trying to sell action figures or like what, what's going on? And every once in a while, a really good episode would just kind of fall out, fall out, you know, fall out of that process. Yeah, and like I – I really felt like with that first season or at least the first five episodes, there was a direction it was going. And then before it was picked up for another season, all of that just kind of went out the door. And it was just crank it out, crank it out, crank it out, crank it out, crank it out. And so there was a, a huge drop in in quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decisions were ma- were definitely made to lighten the mood a bit. Yeah. Um and and lean more heavily into the goofy. Mm-hmm. I feel like specifically in season 4 and specifically the the beginning of the the CBS run, the episodes were still goofy. Like this is a comedy show. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost. But it wasn't as ludicrous. Yeah, there's some ludicrous stuff. But there's some like- ludicrous stuff, but it was d- done more tongue in cheek. Yeah. More like we know this is dumb, but we know you're here for the dumb, so we're gonna make sure that it's 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 a well written dumb, not a we don't know what we're doing, we're just making episodes dumb. Yeah, like like it, it it's kind of sparse. Like you'd get episodes like Raphael meets his match, and there's a fair amount of action and like kind of like ninjaing in that episode, which kind of doesn't you know carry over to other episodes at least right now and then it kind of goes a bit more towards where that episode kind of like tonal tonal wise um is sitting at like like you said there's comedy but there's also a, a little bit more action yeah yeah and but basically the producers have figured out what this show is in season 4 and they have gotten very good at hiring the writers that need to be hired to write what they want this show to be. Because there was – when it comes to quality, I would say across the board, the, the nine or ten episodes that we watched were pretty consistent. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's it's good to finally see some consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is there anything you want to say before we jump jump into episode, at this point, 421? 
Uh, no, let's go ahead and get started. Okay. So we're not really doing these in the order they aired. We're doing them in production order. If we were doing them in the order they aired, it would be a very different order because of the whole syndication situation. The syndication situation sounds like the name of an episode. It does. It really does. Um, <laughs> and if if we did names to the R episodes, I would name it the syndication situation. Hey, that's that's the name of the episode this week. There you go. Um, this one, the first one we're going to talk about is Leonardo Lightens Up. Uh, episode 421. Frustrated with his bossy nature, Raphael and Michelangelo accidentally shoot Leonardo with the personality-modifying Ray, turning him into a fun-loving dude who neglects his responsibilities. Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo must stop Maestro G. Clef from destroying the city. So yeah, Leonardo gets shot with a Ray that was created by Donatello and suddenly oh no we need a leader we can't lead we can't we can't beat this bad guy with without a leader and so how did they end up turning him back into regular leonardo that's a good question uh i think it was all splinters doing let's see okay no donatello used used the ray again to turn him back to normal but Splinter had to had to subdue him because he was uh, too busy skateboarding. Yeah, he had to beat him at skateboarding. Yeah. Which was real dumb. <laughs> real, real dumb. Uh, this was a fun episode. I don't know if it was a great episode. The one thing I remember is, uh, do you remember the Sewer Heroes series of VHS tapes? I do not. Uh, they were the ones where, like, there was the, the Turtles like faces on the cover of them and like one was like michelangelo meets Bugman, one was raphael meets his match uh well yeah i don't remember seeing those well i'll send you i'll send you a link to one of them i like as a child i was always jealous that i didn't of anyone who had all four of the sewer heroes series like vhs tapes Mm -hmm. i only had the michelangelo one Oh wow, yeah. So, I, I I vividly remember not having this one and wanting to wanting to own it so bad. Uh, what notes do you have for for Leonardo Lightens Up? Um, <laughs> got a weird, funky villain, just like throwaway villain Maestro G. Clef, who looks like a recolored version of Baxter Stockman. <laughs> he kind of does like, hair wise and if you throw like a you know a mask on him he's like it, it it's like a, just a broke version of the phantom of the opera yeah um, what, what i really liked is it, it, like his his superpower was he has a real loud keyboard yeah and that's it that's that's it it's just so loud it's so loud man yeah it's pretty ridiculous yeah, he, I think this is the only episode he was ever in, uh, but obviously the creators have a thing for music because this isn't the first time a, you know, a, a creative person like this. Who who was the, the, the guy who Irma was a Howie Howie? Yeah, Howie was this is like evil Howie. Yeah, yeah. 
but <sighs> it's so weird. yeah, there's there's not much to say about Leonardo lightens up, uh, except that when when he was when he had lightened up, he was probably more carefree than Michelangelo has ever been. Oh yeah, just pulling pranks and being goofy. Um, he was so uptight in the beginning of the episode. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. To like really sell it. <laughs> yeah, you, you you've got to really show the transformation. Yeah. Uh, this this is also another one of those episodes where Donatello is just smarter than he probably should be. Yeah. Like, you know, when you describe the Ninja Turtles, each one has their own talents, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Donatello is way better at his talent than any of the other turtles are at theirs. Mm-hmm. Because he invented this this personality altering device. Yeah. Like it's not something he stole from a bad guy or. He just straight up just built it out of nothing. And and that that's just ridiculous. And we see this several times in specifically these nine or ten episodes. So. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, yeah. Any last last words on Leonardo lightens up? No. Well, like what's really like the thing that one thing that like sticks out to me, which is really just odd that at the end where Splinter is going to like try and, you know, knock Leo out of this, you know, uh, weird mood, you know, that he's in. Um, they're not wearing like protective helmets. They look like jock straps. <laughs> I was like, what? How is that protecting your skull? What is this? <laughs> so we don't have money. We don't have money to draw proper helmets and safety helmets. It's like here, wear these jock straps. That'll protect your head. <laughs> it's one of those things that gets lost in translation. Someone, someone in America doesn't know how to draw a helmet, so he just draws like a jock strap looking thing on his head and and just assumes, oh, they'll get it when they get when they get the notes over there. And then somewhere it's, in Asia, they're like, they want jock straps on their heads. Okay. That's exactly what that feels like. <laughs> That's a Crazy. Good, call. good call out. Good call out. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, let's move on to, I'm going to just say one of the premiere episodes of this, of this season. Okay. Uh, Where rats from channel six. Oh man. Uh, let's see. Where is that one on my list here? After many failed attempts from his rodent subjects to find food, the Rat King learns of an abandoned canister of mutagen lost in the sewers and claims it for himself. Then he kidnaps Irma and Vernon and uses the mutagen to transform them into his mutant slaves for the sole purpose of raiding food warehouses. Uh, it is later discovered that the uh, mutations are unstable and can only be active if the Rat King plays his hypnotic flute. That's really selling the episode short. Yeah. Uh, at some point, doesn't doesn't uh, yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady show up to reclaim the the the, the mutagen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like this episode goes places man mm-hmm. by the end of it bebop and rocksteady are flying an airplane 
and they end up flying it through a portal into the Technodrome and then crashing it because Bebop doesn't actually have control. Yeah. Um, it's it's easy to watch this episode and see the Rat King as not necessarily a good guy, but a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Because all he's trying to do is feed his rats. Yeah. Like, he's just trying to provide for his loyal subjects. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how the name of that company came about. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he's trying everything. And the, 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 it turns out to be Rainbow Mutagen and both Vernon and, and Irma being rats is hilarious. And th- th- this episode goes so many places and is so funny. It's hard to believe that it's only 23 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what notes do you have on where rats from channel six? Uh, let's see. You know, we haven't. Co- <laughs> the, the, I love. OK, one thing that's like a constant in the show besides the horrible like pizza topping choices that they make. Uh huh terrible like horrible b movie monster you know movie names which i absolutely adore weird names of of restaurants uh, the one in this one was the flaming turkey uh-huh <laughs> it's just so weird man <laughs> i about spit up my drink when they were like let's just meet at the flaming turkey I'm like what did he just say <laughs> Uh, like this, they go so many places and there's so many, there's so many characters in this episode. Yeah. Like you have all the turtles, you have splinter April, uh, you have the, the channel six news team, like the whole thing, including burn. You also have the bad guys. You have rat King, uh, the shredder bebop rock steady. Like this was a full on production. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's such a fun episode. Uh, you know, a, a lot of these, when I watch them, it's it's hard to stay off of my phone. This one, it was pretty easy to stay on my – it, 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 was, it was pretty easy to keep my eyes on the screen because so much stuff was happening. Yeah, this was a, this was a fun episode. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm going to steal this content off of Turtlepedia just, just for the record. But apparently, this is the first time the mutagen is seen as green. Huh. Yeah, Um, the notes here verbatim say up until this point in the cartoon series, Mutagen has always been depicted as glowing pink in color. Starting with this episode, it is changed to green uh, as it is typically colored in the vast majority of TMNT media. Hmm. Interesting, which is true. Like it, it, it has always been pink prior to that. Yeah, I just didn't know that there was a line in the sand anywhere. Right. There is like a weird like plot hole um, that kind of bugged me. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a kid's cartoon and implying logic. I mean, how does filling up a building with water explode it? Um, <laughs> uh, there's a scene where they're in the airplane and they're trying to be um, uh, from Rock City. Like they, they, they shoot a hole 
in the side of the plane and it, you know, uh, sucks everybody out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how are they going to get out of this? And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's falling and then like, oh, here comes Don Tello and the turtle blimp. How did you get that? <laughs> did you have a remote? Did something come in? Is there a scene that's cut or missing? Like, if anybody remembers this, please let me know because it's driving me crazy. It's like he didn't have prep time. Was did they did he fall on the building that you know had it in it? What you know? Oh, I don't think Donatello was in the blimp, or I don't think Donatello was in the plane. I thought he was. No, no, I think that was only Raphael and and uh, Leonardo. I could. It's. It's it's still ridiculous to think he was right there. I feel, I I could swear all four of them were in it. But e- either way, the, like the airplane sequence is where I was like, oh oh this they're going all out they're going all out. It was a big episode. Yeah yeah. So I liked it. Um, let's see. Uh, are we done with that one? Uh, yeah. All right, let's talk about funny. They shrunk Michelangelo, and this isn't the first time they've shrunk a Ninja Turtle. Nope. Uh, when Michelangelo, uh, that, let's see, this is uh, episode four twenty-three. When Michelangelo decides to put one of Donatello's inventions on max power for his own entertainment, he ends up in a quite literally a little problem. April and Vernon get caught in the shrinking ray while getting footage of a military ship and join Michelangelo on his wild adventure. Here's another one that kind of felt like they were going all out uh, because uh, like they end up being kidnapped by this, this pseudo bad guy who's collecting real, real ships. What's his name? Talbot breach. Yeah. Yeah, a naval enthusiast who shrinks real ships and puts them in bottles. I thought it yeah. was I thought it was the infomercial guy Tony Little. Is was that who he's voiced by? No, it looked like him though. Oh. No, that that right that is a dated reference. Yeah. <laughs> this is another enemy that's just a dude. Yeah. He, he's definitely of, just a dude. There's lots of just throwaway characters yeah and he was only in this one episode mm-hmm. um apparently he has a little man complex mm-hmm. and he has a cat and which turns into quite a quite a problem when our hero is a miniature yeah yeah uh this one was fun again it's it's the turtle or it's specifically Michelangelo and April and, and Vernon out of their element mm-hmm. and shrunken and put, put into this situation where everything is bigger than they are. It's very much like honey. I shrunk the kids. Yeah. I was thinking more of the, incre- I think it's the movies, the incredible shrinking man. The incre- I've never heard of that movie. Um, let's see just to be sure. Yeah, the Incredible Shrinking Man. There was like, like the main, like on the poster art and stuff. Like it's 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 like a, from 1957. Like there was a orange cat, so that feels like it was direct reference. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
to that. Yeah, this was a fun one. Oh, yeah. No, this is absolutely a fun one. Because, uh, like, even when, when Michelangelo goes to call April and his voice is like this, because that's what happens when you turn small. Like, yeah. he calls the, the, the TV station and no one either can hear him or can understand him. Or he's like, why are you talking like that? And he's like, sorry, man, I'm real small. Yeah. 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 And they got Vernon, of all people, that doesn't want to do anything. Yep. I love Vernon's character so much, though. Uh, he's he's so annoying. I I like and useless. I, I I would watch a TV show that was just Vernon. I would not. Like if he was the main character and it was just five seasons of him redeeming himself, I would watch that. It's just not possible. Not with that. <laughs> not with that type. <laughs> uh, what else you got for funny? They shrunk Michelangelo. Um, I I I really. Oh, they got well, they had a weird pizza uh, topping in this one, peanut butter and salami with double yogurt topping. I'm like, really? That no, none of this sounds good. Uh, yeah, I'm not a yogurt guy. Like peanut butter and yogurt doesn't sound like a nightmare. Yeah, but, but you adding on pizza. salami. Like, do you, like, do you think it would be like like the peanut butter would be the like replacement for the uh, tomato sauce? I don't think so. I think it'd be like in globs, like thrown on the pizza. Oh, uh, so so we're talking like tomato sauce with peanut butter. Yeah, I don't know, man. They got a whole book that has, I think, every single p- disgusting pizza they they made. I don't know, man. I'm also yog. We're looking at warm yogurt. Ugh. <laughs> Just, it's a hard stop on the warm yogurt. It, it's it's a hard stop on all of that. <laughs> well, none of those toppings by themselves are terrible. Like a salami pizza doesn't seem that bad. Oh no, they're delicious. I've a, had those. Like a dessert yogurt pizza doesn't seem that bad. Like if it's served cold. Frozen yogurt pizza, yeah. Yeah, like or not even that. Just just a just a cold. Like there are ways to make like a fruit pizza that's a dessert pizza. Like that could that could work. Yeah. A P a PB and J pizza would work as long as there's no tomato sauce involved. Yeah. But all of those together is mm-mm, no no. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I really liked when Michelangelo was flying uh the the fighter jet from the aircraft carrier. Mm-hmm. That was probably oh, that, one that of my favorite really cool. moments. Yeah. yeah. And like the animation style is kind of more on. like So it the animation style continues to shift until it settles in a little bit later. But it's more like the style looks more like it's on point with the new opening, uh, which I do really like that new opening. Um, the new opening is nice. So the turtles look a little bit more, you know, less puffy and a bit more muscular. Um which is, you know, cool. But again, it starts to, it fluctuates continuously. Cause I, cause I think as we've talked before, like to keep up with the demand, they had to go not with just with one studio, they had to go with a couple. So that's why you have that shift in, uh, style. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, one thing about the new opening that kind of bugs me is like, it's a, it's a really good looking opening. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it fits the theme song. The, the theme song hasn't changed, but it fits the theme song. But it's darker. It's it's almost like they're trying to make the, the turtles seem cooler or edgy. But that doesn't match the show. It doesn't. There's nothing edgy about this show. Yeah, that is a, that is the downfall. Yeah. But on it, like all the, all other things being equal, equal, that intro is perfectly fine and looks great. Yeah. Um, what's next? The big zip attack. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This Wikipedia description is nothing. Uh, an alien called a zip is sent to Earth, but this little alien soon becomes a big problem. Uh, yeah, so they describe Krang and I'm going to try to sum it up myself. Krang and Shredder discover this this alien being on in Dimension X called a zip and Krang immediately is like, oh, no, that thing can destroy us. Let's get rid of it. And it's it's shown that the zip will just eat anything. Anything made of metal, it'll eat and then multiply immediately. So Krang opens the dimensional portal and they get it to go through it. And so these zip creatures are unleashed on New York and they're constantly multiplying because they're constantly eating all of the metal buildings and metal side, you know, metal everything in, you know, a big city. Mm-hmm. They end up defeating them by finding out that when they eat other stuff, other things happen to them. Uh, one of the things that they found out was when they eat chocolate, they combine back together. So when a zip when a zip eats chocolate, two zips turn into one. Uh, the problem is, is they went they took all the zips to a to a candy factory. They ate a bunch of chocolate there, and instead of there being one tiny zip like it started, it was one giant kaiju size zip yeah so they have a new problem uh and and michelangelo noticed that one of them ate a a mineral from some museum and disappeared and so donatello figured out what the mineral was found out that it could be uh, found in a spire at the top of of a building they ate it and they disappeared again this is like the third episode of set episode in a row that goes places, man. Yeah. This was this also felt very ambitious uh, of an episode. Uh, what do you think of uh, the big zip attack? This was a really like you said, this was a really fun one. Um, you know, it. It had a, a like a like a like a space gremlins feel to it. Yeah. Um, except don't feed him metal. Yeah. Um, and it's your typical like, hey, the technodrome stru- stuck. We need to get it out of you know here. We need this, you know, crazy, you know, whatever this week, you know, to get us out of here. And and it just so happens this it's it's a, a thing of metal. No, it no the the it was like a support structure. Or a, some kind of beam or something that like inside the technodrome broke, and they yeah. needed to replace you know replace it, and um, it just happens to be you know running through the entire building support structure. I'm like yeah, because that's that's sound, that's sound. <laughs> yeah, that makes gonna, sense. You're just gonna saw that in half, 
you know, just saw the top of it off and that'll, you know, the, the building will go, you know, tumble like that. No, that's not quite how that works, <laughs> but okay. Sure. Why not? Um, but yeah, like this, there was a lot of fun. It was that your typical, like, you know, Michelangelo finding, you know, and, and saving zip. And so like, you, you know, it did that, that, that instinct of like, Oh, you helped me. Like you, you know, you removed the thorn from my paw, you know, type deal. You're, I'm your buddy. Yep. Yep. Which is in line with Michelangelo's character. Yeah. Um, that was really fun. Um, (laughs) they interrupted the national tiddlywinks championship. At first I thought, (laughs) like, wait, what? I thought it was pogs. Um, Oh no, this is, this is, this predates the, the pogs like fad. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was like, wow, they're just coming up with the craziest stuff. Tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks. Uh, this is our. This is the second um, appearance of Donald J. Lofty. Yeah, it looked like Zach's brother was playing Tiddlywinks. He might have been. I'm pretty sure it was that same model. Yeah, Donald J. Lofty looks like a looks like an old man rat person. Yeah. He definitely doesn't look like Donald Trump. No. And let's see, this was what in what year was this? Um, like 1990. Yeah. Uh, Donald, he would have been Donald Trump would have been like 40. I guess. Because he's like 70 now, 70 something. He would have been like 45. So Donald J. Lofty is quite older than what Donald Trump was at that age or in that year. But I mean, it could be a reference. It could not be a reference. It's absolutely. Come on, man. Yes, he's he's a real estate mogul named Donald J. Something. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely definitely. Oh, this was I mean, this was a David Wise episode. Um, You know, he he did the original, you know, pilots uh, episodes. He also did kind of like a lot of the Saturday morning formula kind of followed the same like tropes like there was an episode he wrote um for transformers called crimson and it was like just this annoying little pest like complex just this ball of like electricity that was just wrecking everybody so you know shrinking and pest episodes and you know characters not being who they are you know the, the similar trope can be tr- you know all throughout the 80s and 90s that's cool yeah yeah well i i I really did like this episode this is another one that kept my attention really well um at at one point midway through the episode i was like how i don't remember how they fixed this yeah chocolate was the answer no chocolate was part of the answer but like the turtles aren't gonna kill it and they're not they oh, can't, no. if, if they send it back to Dimension X, then they're just starting it back from the beginning. Like, how do they fix this? And they, you know, they they did find a way to fix it. It's just at the time, it's I, I, it, it wasn't something that I could just predict. Yeah. So I, I did appreciate that. Yeah. OK. Uh, our next episode is Donatello makes time. Donatello invents a machine again with a machine inventing uh, that can freeze time, which a deranged professor 
steals as part of a plan to conquer the world. Uh, so, as I said, there, there are there are several episodes <laughs> in this season specifically where Donatello just he's smarter than a character probably should be. Yeah. And this this is d- definitely a example of that. I don't have too much to say about this one. I was not thrilled with it. Uh, there was another another enemy that was just a dude. Yeah. He um, looks like a bald Baxter Stockman's like dad. <laughs> it's, it, well, like secretly, all of the old white male characters on this show just look like Baxter Stockman a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his name was uh, Lloyd. Was Cycloid? Lloyd Cycloid. Uh, you think that is, is is any kind of reference to um, Christopher Lloyd? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe. Um, and it looks like this is the only episode Lloyd Cycloid was in. Yeah. Which is which is crazy. Like th- this that's three different random dudes, bad guys. Two of them were evil scientists. Mm-hmm. Like just make him the same one. Yeah. Like, why, why not use the same one or why not use Baxter Stockman's brother? Yeah. I don't Reuse think he shows. some of these character models, man. Yeah. I don't think he shows up again. No, no, he doesn't. But I guess. OK, so like I think mainly because. If you're going to. You can't really have like any cohesion, like a multi-part, you know, number of episodes anymore like season two kind of had that ongoing you know story throughout but like if you're gonna do reruns you gotta have throwaway villains yeah but they don't have to be throwaway villains the story is just throwaway yeah like lloyd cycloid could just be a mad scientist in the universe he doesn't have to reference all of the times that he's tangled with the turtles yeah uh yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have much to say about this one. This one didn't really turn my head as as much as the previous ones. It wasn't bad. It it just wasn't, you know, wasn't amazing. Uh, what what notes do you have? We get some really fun like sewer ski moments though. Mm-hmm. Like those those segments were great. I really enjoyed that because the animation again is kind of more on point. Um, and uh. It was it was a fun I just I enjoyed this one a lot just like because it was just a fun mad scientist you know episode and you know um you know how are the turtles gonna get out of this or whatever and you know the one thing that did, did bug did bug me was that like Donatello did leave clues and stuff and like you're ninjas you're supposed to be able to track <laughs> your own freaking brother <laughs> you know. But I did like seeing the sewer skis um, a lot. Yeah. I, since this is a, a an episode about stopping time, I'm just going to say, yeah, that was a the Lloyd Cycloid is it's Christopher Lloyd reference. Yeah, maybe. It, it's definitely. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have for that one. Can we move on? Yeah. All right. Next up is Farewell, Lotus Blossom. Uh, that's episode 426. 
uh, ninja Lotus Blossom's nightmares uh, draw her to a strange artifact in the turtle's possession. The artifact contains an angry spirit whose dearest wife's spirit slash soul is lying deep within Lotus herself. So this this is what the second episode with Lotus Blossom in it. I believe so. Yeah. Um, a character that needs to have a figure, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in this episode, she is you know, she's not sleeping well because of her dreams, and the, the turtles end up dealing with an urn, like an urn of the urn of Chakahachi. And of course, Shredder's there because he wants the urn. And this this is very much like a send off for the Lotus Blossom character. Uh, I don't remember the details of her origin in the the first episode she's in, but my understanding is she's from ancient Japan, mm-hmm. uh, and she was part of the Foot Clan. So let's see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong here. Where the lotus? Here we go. I doesn't say anything about her being like 400 years old or whatever. It just says that she was from Japan that temporarily, uh, a Konoichi from Japan that were temporarily placed for sh- the Shredder. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so so Lotus has, uh, presumably has been living in New York ever since the last time we saw her in the episode of Beware the Lotus, you know, and she very much feels out of place. And once the the being inside of the urn, you know, like once once they drop the urn and and the being breaks out, what was the being's name? Chakahachi. Chakahachi. Chaka man. Chaka real mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once once Chakahachi is 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 released, uh, he sees Lotus Blossom, and I guess just decides, oh, that's <laughs> you have the essence of my wife inside of you. Come with thought, me. He thought she was his wife. He's like, I am nobody's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm. I don't even have a master. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she ends up joining him in the urn. That well, he he basically removes the ancient like soul from her body, like Shang Song style. I'm like, did he just kill her? I'm confused. Yeah, because didn't she like? It's not like a soul left her body and then Lotus Blossom walked off. Yeah, like she went with him. No, she didn't. She didn't? No, she he removed like the ancient like like soul of his wife. And so where did Lotus Blossom go? She just walked into the, you know, she's there. <laughs> <laughs> she's there still. She's somewhere. <laughs> I thought she was going to disappear into the urn when I started watching it. I was like, "Oh, wait, no." I was like, "Wait, what? Oh, Oh, okay. Well, let me just remove your soul. And it's it's kind of confusing. Yeah, so there were two souls living in her? Yeah. Or is now a soulless husk, like, walking the streets of New York? Like the soul was always inside of her. 
which is why she feels she doesn't belong in, you know, where she is currently. Uh, some that's some weak retconning. Yeah. But it, this was a fun episode. It was. Like it, 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 it was as as a huge fan of continuity, it makes me so happy when they actually reference stuff that happened before. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't happen very often in the show. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And you're right. I'm rewatching it right now. And uh, Lotus Lotus is like, who's that? <laughs> she didn't say this, but she's literally looking up at Shakahachi going. She was in there the whole time. Yeah. Ugh. That's weird, bro. <laughs> it's kind of a violation. Yeah. But um, Lotus Blossom needs an action figure immediately. Yes. And it needs to, it needs to be an ultimate action figure. It doesn't need to be a, a two pack. Like she, since she's kind of the precursor to Karai, mm-hmm. she's kind of important. Yeah. And I wouldn't hate it if IDW found a way to, to, to mix her into the, into the, the story. That'd be really cool. You know, um, but you know, I'm I'm not a writer. I'm not gonna try to do it myself. I'm just 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 saying, just saying. If someone's listening, nudge nudge, wink wink. Yeah. Um. Anything else for farewell, Lotus Blossom? It was interesting the way that the story was developed. Like, like he like ancient Japan was inside the urn, and when you popped out the pearl, like that disappeared. I was like, okay, I'm not sure how that works, but. Then, like, Chakahachi starts turning all of New York into Japan, and the, the ramifications are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, like, turns a burger joint into a sushi place. It's like, hey, I ordered a burger. I was like, oh, sorry, we only have a sushi. <laughs> and and then, like, a, a, a cab gets turned into a rickshaw. I was like, this is great. Um, <laughs> like, none of it makes sense, but it's a good it. time. None of it. Like one thing that did irritate me is like the, he like created like a samurai army going after the turtles and how do they fight them? Not with their weapons, but with fish. Well, like, come on again. You you we're not gonna have this argument again. I know, but still, I'm like <laughs> fight the freaking samurai as it's ninja. A TV sh- it's a kids show, bro. Ugh. 1990. It's a kids show. Mm, that that drove me nuts. It's all you need. It's all you need to know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a really fun episode. Oh, there was a moment where they're in like a record warehouse, and Raphael's like, "What are these?" And Don's like, it's "Like they're records. It's what people used to listen to before compact discs." I'm like, "Oof." <laughs> what I, I I noticed that, and what what's so funny is. The exact same thing would happen today, except you walk into a store that has a whole bunch of CDs and be like, what are these? The answer would be, this is what people listen to before records. Yeah. Yeah. Because vinyl's back, folks. Um, vinyl's back. There was a great message from this episode, like where Lotus just, you know, she's just not. She doesn't feel like she belongs, you know, and Splinter was like, if you look for happiness outside of yourself, 
you will never find it. Happiness exists only within you. And one of the best replies, Raphael's like, yeah, you won't find advice like this on those other cartoon shows. That's not exactly his quote, but it's, you know, <laughs> I was like, that's, that's good. That, yeah. Mr. That's, Mr. Fourth wall himself. Yeah. That's uh that's some good uh, wisdom there. Yeah. So you're learning stuff, folks. You don't get that often from Ninja Turtles. No. Especially not this show. No. Uh, oh, there's there's one more moment where um, Don Donatello is like, if he's from Japan, how come he's speaking English? Raphael's like, because we can't afford subtitles. Yep. I love that. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> It, it needs moral, to be addressed. Like so many shows don't address that. It does. And and the moral of the entire episode is you search for happiness and you find an old tire. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Up next is Rebel Without a Fin. Oh, boy. Dr. Polidorius uh, a mad scientist plotting to mutate all humanity into aquatic beings because he doesn't believe that we went the right direction when we evolved into land animals. <laughs> Creates Ray, uh, not the similarly named Mighty Mutanimals character, Ray Filet, uh, who possesses several abilities of different marine species. Ray kidnaps April O'Neil, and Polidorius mutates her into a fish woman to be Ray's mate. This one went places as well. Yeah. Um, let's talk before we talk about the episode. Let's talk about Ray. Okay. So, as I said, in the summary: this is not Ray Fillet. No. But it is a fish being that was. Not mutated the same way, but is basically a mutant, right? Yeah. Why didn't they use Ray Filet? Uh, I think there's a good reason for that. Um, I I don't think there is. I I like. I think because, like, did uh, didn't uh, Stephen Murphy created Ray? Correct. Uh, let's say. Oh, wait. Here's I just found some trivia. Wait, Ray was initial initially supposed to be the character of Ray Filet, but creator Ryan Brown, uh, as well as uh Stephen Murphy, objected to this character being used as a villain. Well, there you go. There you go. A fish mutant sharing the name of Ray was conceived in his stead. That's fascinating. Yeah. So uh, this Ray character, I don't know what accent he has, like what American accent he has, but I love it so much. Isn't it like uh, New Jersey? It's like this, 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 it's like a version of the New Jersey accent that is completely, uh, he doesn't care. He, 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 he does not commit to anything until he has to. It's, it's just disinterest across the board mm -hmm. and let's see he who was he voiced by he was voiced by pat fraley yeah crying oh okay i didn't know that mm -hmm. uh i was every single time he spoke i almost laughed out loud 
just because it was so weird to hear that voice in a cartoon and for it to be just just indifferent to the entire situation that he was in. Yeah. Yeah, I I loved it. He's really the highlight of the episode for me. I know that's probably not the case for most people, but because of that, I want to figure. Yeah. Like I want to I want to figure set of him and Dr. Polidorius. I mean, Papadopoulos. Papadorian. Poly, poly, poly unsaturated. Polyurethane. (laughs) That has to be my favorite moment throughout the entire episode because the turtles are just constantly getting his name wrong. Yep. And it's great. Uh, this is yet another mad scientist. This is like the fourth one we've, or at least the third one we've seen in just this short, short period of episodes. And not only, not only that, but Raphael finally is like, not another mad scientist. Uh, the, the long setup, the long yeah. setup for a Raphael joke. I like it. Great. Uh, the, the constantly, the, like the constant getting wrong of Dr. Polidorius's name, that pops back up in the 2012 cartoon when they're constantly getting Baxter Stockman's name wrong. Yeah, I do love that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if that's a conscious throwback to Dr. Polidorius, but I'm going to pretend it is. Yeah. And. Uh, um. Professor Polyunsaturated is voiced by <laughs> Alan Oppenheimer of Masters of the Universe fame. Um, he was the original voice of Skeletor and many other characters. So oh. in some instances, his Skeletor voice comes through in this episode. And I was just like, kind of like had a big grin. Mm-hmm. So uh, what'd you think of the episode as a whole? It's a it it was a fun episode. Um still had some janky animation, but um overall just <laughs> the real treat was seeing how many times they can mispronounce his name. Yeah, yeah. It, it like is again another dumb conceit and and the reason he wanted to mutate all of humanity back to fish is because he's like the, the the mistake of humanity is evolving into land and like that is like that is some some next level like you know how everyone's like oh, all these youngins they're ruining the human race yeah like he's like we've been ruining the human race ever since we stepped foot on land mm-hmm. these youngins was shaking the fist at the sky yeah yeah, uh, I, I I did really like that episode. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you got anything else before we move on? Um, there was some reused footage in this. Like they they used like, is is this anime? But yeah, like the turtles walking through the sewer is used multiple times, and there's like scenes of like the sewer and just like the water running. Um, I was like, what, what? Okay. We're, we're cutting costs. Okay. I see. Um, why draw that twice? If you only, you know, if you need it, if you only need to draw it once. Yeah. Eh. It's only a few seconds. Yeah. 
That doesn't bother, un- bother, 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 bother me that much. Yeah. That's about it. It now it really bothered me when they did it in Next Mutation because it was just adding extra minutes to the to the show for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And it was done every single episode with the exact same footage. Oh yeah. But that's a, that's a different conversation. We've already had all those conversations. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, not going back there. Right. I I have I the scars are still fresh, Jeff. They are. They are. Uh, do you think we're gonna get NECA like back to the back to the sewer? Not back to the sewer. Uh, next mutation figures. <sighs> Who knows? I mean, if the turtles on tour can get, you know, <laughs> that's figures. True. That's true. I mean, anything's possible with that license. But that is a Saban thing, so I don't know. I'm not sure how that licensing works. There'll be lightning figures. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on. The next episode in our list here is Rhino Man. Or this it, it, goes by a few different names. Um, let me see. No, it's just Rhino Man. It's odd. Some some pages have it listed with a longer name. I don't know why. Bebop and Rocksteady dress up as superheroes as part of a plot to steal a diamond that will power a laser Krang has created. Meanwhile, the Turtles must deal with a wave of hypnotic slaves under the command of J. Gordon Hungerdunger. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady end up winning the superhero contest and winning the... the uh, the diamond that was being offered by Jay Gordon Hungerdunger, the rich guy who was also enslaving the entire population of New York. The turtles use an antidote that was hidden inside of the diamond, and the diamond really didn't do what Krang needed it to do. So their little laser thing exploded, and the turtles win the day. And Jay Gordon Hungerdunger, the rich man responsible for all of this, uh, presumably goes to prison. I really enjoyed Rhino Man. This one was fun. Yeah. Uh, Bebop, and Rock, Bebop and Rocksteady as do-gooders was fun, and them being angry that they couldn't do bad was also fun. Yeah. What'd you think? I enjoyed this one. Um, just the absurd name of Hunger Dunger. <laughs> just <laughs> like this just weird-looking, you know, Texas oil tycoon. <laughs> Jay Gordon Hungadunga. Uh, we don't, you know, uh, you know, it sounds like a name out of like, like the Marx Brothers or something, <laughs> you know, um, which I think it might be a reference to. Um, and uh, probably one of the most absurd things in the episode besides. Uh, <laughs> was the Bebop and Rock City being superheroes. Um, his name was what Mighty Hog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I could make some really bad jokes, but I can't. Sorry, children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for the for the for, for the record, uh, you were absolutely right with the Marx Brothers reference. Oh, was I? Hunger Dunger's name is a reference to the Hunger Dunger attorneys of the Hunger Dunger, Hunger Dunger, Hunger Dunger, and McCormick 
law firm from the Marx Brothers film Animal Crackers. Nice. Look at you. Knowing old stuff pays off sometimes. It does, because I love all that classic stuff. Um his his security measures for his mansion you had armed cherubs <laughs> armed like, cherub that's my new metal band name yes there you go <laughs> or cupids as you know most everyone knows them um and then all the butlers. He had so many butlers with with guns, which was also great. Um, yeah. Just the absurd types of superheroes. You had Cheeseburger Man. I was like, man, I kind of like when I saw that, I was like, I'm kind of hungry. I could go for a cheeseburger <laughs> like right about now. It's like, you know, you just have all these weird superheroes like. You know, Cheeseburger Man and Newsman. Of course, Vernon didn't do anything properly. Um, neither of them did. No, well, no. Cheeseburger Man actually caught some crooks. Yeah. Uh, with his artificial cheese lariat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, again, I'm not a betting man. But. Cheeseburger Man and Newsman 2-pack. No, no, no. There will 100% be a rhino man and mighty hog mighty hog two pack that's going to happen better come with that diamond oh yeah oh yeah it'll come with a diamond <laughs> and a, and and a cupid holding a, a laser gun yep that like that that's gonna happen i uh i like that in this this part of this season the shredder is kind of just takes a back seat to all of these weird New Yorkers or weird just dudes. Yeah. They're evil uh, because it, at the, in the end, J- Jay Gordon hunger dunger got the best of the shredder and Krang. Mm-hmm. So it, it, this, this was cool. This, this was literally two different plots that weave their way into being the same plot by the end of it. Yeah. And this was another Dave wise episode. Yeah. Oh, this this one was fantastic. Yeah. Dave Doug, you know, he did some really great episodes. Yeah. Uh, anything else about Rhino Man? Um, no. Okay. Then let's move on to Michelangelo meets Bugman. Uh, Michelangelo meets his favorite comic book character or hero uh, after he saves a weakened Brick Bradley. Uh, in the sewers, and then he and Bugman take on the evil Electro Zapper together. We've seen this episode so many times in other Ninja Turtle te- television shows, I feel like. Yeah. Michelangelo is always meeting his favorite comic book hero. Mm-hmm. And he always ends up teaming up with them. And he, they're always fighting a, a, a villain who is also like a supervillain. This th- this was also one of the episodes that was on a Sewer Heroes VHS, and I had Michelangelo meets Bugman. Nice. So I've seen this episode quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, Bugman is another figure that NECA needs to 
get off their butts and make because he is he's he's an absolute banger. Mm hmm. Uh, what do you what notes do you have on Michelangelo meets Bugman? Uh, Bugman is voiced by Dan Gilbazan, who uh, some of you may know as Bumblebee from Transformers Generation One and the voice of Spider-Man on Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Oh, OK. Yeah, he has. And he's he's done a lot of other stuff. I think he was like cooler on the pound puppies cartoon and just like a whole bunch of other stuff in the 80s um like his most iconic roles being that of bumblebee and spider-man um bugman is a really weird gross looking character he really is (laughs) and i remember it just kind of (laughs) creeping me out when i saw i think i watched this when it originally aired um if we don't get a Bugman, you know, figure in like maybe a two pack with Electro Zapper, which basically looks like the the Noid on steroids. <laughs> See, now you can't get it out of your head. You're like, oh my god, you're right. I would I would rather Bugman be a, an ultimate figure, and them actually include the uh, accessories to turn him from Brick Bradley into Bugman. Oh, okay. That I can get down with. That would yeah, be cool. like a detachable tail and a detachable wings. You'd have to change the head, of course, because it's like more elongated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I trust the engineers over at NECA to figure that out. Not NECA. Yeah, NECA to figure that out. That'd be fun. He'd have to come with some comics. Yeah. Uh, he. I think he was in more than one episode. Yeah, I think he's in at least two. Yeah, he was also in an episode called Michelangelo Meets Bugman again. Yeah. Uh, he the character itself is is clearly inspired by several different heroes. There's there's a there's a bit of Superman in there. There's a little there, there's some incredible Hulk in there. There's some Spider-Man in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that makes him so weird looking and off putting is the actual mutation. Yeah. You know, and and the and the the pinchers coming out of his mouth, like mutate everything but his head. And it's not nearly as disturbing. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I love I love the Bugman episode. It doesn't it yeah. doesn't make sense that they don't ever explain where he comes from. Yeah. Like he's a. He's presumably a fictional car- or fictional comic book character until he's not fictional. And they, they yeah. don't explain that he was never fictional. And they interesting. Yeah, yeah they did. It's it, it, how he hangs out with Michelangelo doesn't make any sense. And they also don't really explain where he goes at the end of the episode. Yeah. So presumably Bugman is just out there solving crimes in Turtle Land. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the, that that does kind of bother me because again, presumably Michelangelo could just call up Bugman on a Wednesday and say, "Hey, man, you want to go get some pizza?" Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a weird Sergio thing, obviously, but there you go. You know, like if 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 at the end he disappears into the Bugman dimension, you know that that would make me feel better about his existence in here. Mm-hmm. But 
let's not relitigate that. Yeah. Uh, you have anything else for Michelangelo meets Bugman? I only that I I really could swear that I had watched this when it originally aired. Like it might be on a VHS tape that I taped off TV somewhere. Yeah. Um. Because I would tape certain shows or whatever. Um. But yeah. It, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. But a lot of fun. <laughs> There's a lot of gross stuff in the 80s. Uh, let's see. The next episode that we're talking about is our last episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Poor Little Rich Turtle. And I'm not sure why it's called Poor Little Rich Turtle, because the turtles aren't rich. Yeah. But it's fine. Uh, the turtles must babysit and protect a young rich girl named Buffy Shellhammer. <laughs> protect her from Shredder and Krang as she knows of a formula for a super fuel needed for the Technodrome. So the Shredder and Krang are back on their their never ending quest to fuel the Technodrome. And this this time they have their eyes set on information that is in a child's brain that was handed down to her from her grandfather. It wasn't really explained why they skipped her father. Like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it, it is weird. Like her father literally says, well, your grandfather in, entrusted you with the company. And I'm like, why didn't he entrust you, bro? Yeah. Children can't run multi-billion dollar corporations. Yeah. That was a weird choice. It's a real weird, weird choice. But the the little kid, uh, what's her name? Shellhammer, uh, Buffy. Buffy Shellhammer. She was a she was a pest. Oh yeah, brat. A little brat. Um, and having kids, she's worse than real kids. Yeah. So, so anyone who's thinking about having children, don't don't point at Buffy Shellhammer as an actual human being, because no, that, yeah, it's not the case. Um. But another instance where the turtles are just hanging out with people, just regular people like they do. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, hey, I'm a turtle. You're Buffy Shellhammer. Um, I don't have too much to say about this one. I enjoyed it, but it's it's not like a huge standout for me. Uh, what notes do you have? Mm. <laughs> I don't have many. Uh, this is like, oh, protect protect the brat episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of has that like the the movie the toy with Richard Pryor feel to it, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, it, where it's you know there's a spoiled rich kid. Um, I mean that's about the gist of it. You know Richard Pryor doesn't show up in this episode at all, of course. <laughs> um, I want to say that they've done this type of plot before. On this show, but I cannot remember the context where they were hanging out a little with a, with with a kid, you know. Oh yeah, it was the um there was a the rich kid that was like he didn't get yeah that was a direct uh toy the toy reference yeah um and it was Mikey and it was like he his dad owned a toy company or whatever that's right and and the turtles were like supposed okay yeah that was a much more direct toy reference but this 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 episode felt very similar yeah just thematically 
Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I really don't have much to say about this one. Yeah. Uh, w- one thing that I will say about all of these episodes is by this point in the fourth season, we've gotten to the point that the the turtles are they're like known around town. Yeah. They're not hiding in the sewer. They're not trying to to, to stay in the shadows. They're just a, one of the colorful personalities living in New York City at this point. Even like April O'Neil name drops them on the news a few times. Yeah. As being the heroes. So th- this is this is probably the closest turtles have really come to being traditional superheroes. Yeah. It's like someone call the turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it goes a lot of places. Like they wind up in the Technodrome, and then Buffy gets shrunk. <laughs> yeah, again with the shrinking. I was like, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, uh, but but like as as a whole, like as I said, when we when we started all this up, at this point, this show knows exactly what it is. Yeah. And they're leaning into it, and it's a fun ride. Like, they are they know they're making a, ch- a children's show. They know they can't get away with certain things, so they're not even attempting anymore. They're not trying to sprinkle in, oh, here's, you know, Michelangelo doing something with this. No, it's, we're going to play this for laughs, and that's fine. That's what we do. Um, I, I think there was only one episode where we saw foot soldiers. Yeah. And I think it was that last one. Uh, so there wasn't even a, a chance for the turtles to use their weapons to slice through things. They, they they aren't even creating the situations that I would say a Jeff would want uh, when it comes to action, which I'm fine with. But I'm, I'm sure that that's that's frustrating for you. Yeah. Um, but as I said up front, like as long as the episodes are a fun time, I'm I'm down. And for the most part these episodes were a fun time. Yeah. Which isn't something I can say for some of the stuff in season three, like season three is a tough watch at times. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and just wait till we get to that one, uh, diversion season. Oh, the vacation season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one. What, what is that? Season seven. I think it's season seven. We got we got some time and we're not it's it's not coming up anytime soon, but I, I it's fine. The the show is is clearly in its stride right now. It is 1990, so this is the same year that the movie came out. Turtles have never been as popular as they were when this season was airing. Yeah. So for them to be airing good episodes or episodes that would come to define what the turtles were the the tone of what turtles are i'm i I feel good about this whole season season four is solid yeah uh do you have any final thoughts you know we're 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 getting to where uh, you know it's going to start the animation is going to start getting more consistent like it, it it's still going back and forth between styles you know um and I'm 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 ready to get through this and get on to the next one because I think I think five's pretty good from what I remember. 
Um, mm-hmm. well, yeah, we, we we got some. We we still got to knock out one more chunk of season four. So yeah, yeah, get ready for that. Yeah, five is where it really starts to kind of cook a bit more. Um, let's see. In the grand scheme of things, we are how many episodes in? Ninety-two episodes into the series. Mm-hmm. So we're nearing the halfway mark. Yeah. Which is fine. That's something that's fine. Whatever. Um, yeah. What, do, Jeff? I'm going to ask you this question because I always ask you this question. And typically you don't have an answer. But we've talked this week, and I'm pretty sure you can answer it this time. So I'm going to ask you, what are we talking about next time, Jeff? I really don't remember. Oh, my God. (laughs) We were just talking about this today. Was it today or was it? I don't know. We're talking about video games. I know. I was just messing with you. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, we're we're, it's been it's been a minute (laughs) since we talked about video games. Uh, Do you remember the last time it was? It's a very early episodes yeah it was like in the the first 10 episodes we did yeah that's how long it's been since we talked about video games i don't know why it's taken us so long it's always been on the schedule and i just kind of keep booting it down the road um but i figured i would throw jeff a bone mm-hmm. and we'll talk about video games next time um we're, we're revisiting the the you know the three era um <laughs> the the three phases you know that, that we we deemed at the beginning of the show we're going to be doing phase two video games the first chunk of those uh which are basically the the first ones that were released by konami or all the ones that were released by konami during the 2k3 era Mm -hmm. so your 2k3 game uh in 2003 then uh what was it the battle nexus game uh and then there was a third one i can't remember the name of it then there was um a few others. We're not going to go into the Ubisoft stuff. That's that's going to be a different episode. Uh, so if, if you want to dive back into those classics, I use, I use that word very loosely, uh, do it. In two weeks, we'll have a podcast where uh, we will have played a few, through a few of them, not all the way through all of them because they're rather long. Uh, but, you know, we're gonna, that's what we're going to talk about. It's going to include the Mutant Melee game, mm-hmm. which is its own nightmare of a video game but we'll get there um i'm sure how do you how do you how does it feel to finally be talking about video games again it it feels good like i you know with the recently announced cowbunga collection i kind of wish we'd had that (laughs) already because that would have been so (laughs) convenient to have everything in one collection um you know instead of having to scramble and figure out i was like all right let me just dust this system off and see if it works you know, <laughs> you're not wrong. Like we, we, we did have to, to, to pull, pull some, uh, some strings to play through those, those games the first time. Uh, it was episode six. Wow. It was episode six. Wow. Yeah. Um, but why not? Let's, I promise it won't be 80 episodes between, <laughs> video game episodes this time yeah we've got some some future video game content that i that i really want to do and hopefully we'll be able to swing it yeah 
you know. Uh, and after that, as, assuming there's not a very last minute delay to the last Ronin, as I said, we announced earlier that we la- they landed on a release date. After the video game episode, we will be doing the last Ronin. So be caught up on that. Um, and we'll remind you next episode. Yeah. Um, that does it for episode number 86, Jeff. Until we record 87, where can you be found? As always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Burnham, Mississippi's premier arcade. Uh, we specialize in uh, Super Smash Brothers tournaments, uh, which we have every Saturday. Um, we also have a very nice selection of retro and uh, modern games, um, ranging from Switch to PlayStation 4 and vintage arcade and whatnot. Um, and we also do retro restoration, uh, cleaning uh, old school uh, cartridge games and cartridge-based systems, making them work like new. Um, so uh, please come out and game with us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, and that's pretty much it. I probably should make some other socials. Uh, I think we have an Instagram. Yeah, I haven't done that one lately. So <laughs> you can probably find us on Instagram too. Just look for the Warps on Arcade. Um, and where can we find you, Sergio? Uh, you can find me on the Shellheads social pages. Um, that's Shellheads Podcast on Instagram and I think it's Shellheads Podcast on Facebook as well. Uh, we're we're getting ready to, to 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 boot back up the Reality Breached feed, so make sure you're you're tuned into that. We got some stuff coming. Nice. Uh, other than that, I thank everyone for listening. Uh, it is always fun doing these, and it's always wonderful to see uh, people are listening to them. Uh, so make sure you follow us on our socials and interact with us. Uh, there's a good chance that. We'll reply pretty quick, and there's also a pretty good chance that we may even mention you on the show, because why not? Yeah. Right? Uh, So tune in next time. Um, As always, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're both shellheads individually and together. We are also shellheads. (laughs) It's it's plural and and it's singular. (laughs) See you next time. Steak is delicious. It's not, it's, steak is fine. It's steak is overrated. Maybe at your house it is. No, it's it's just a period. It's just overrated. Like it's it's good, but it's not like lick your chops. Oh my god, I'm having a steak this Saturday kind of anticipation. No, it's just meat. It's just meat. It's fine. Moving on. What kind of non-seasoned beef are you eating? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. If you have to season, like if you have to add flavor to your steak, then you're eating a bad steak. Nah. Yeah. Like this is a whole nother podcast. The taste of the meat is what you're there for.
Jeff, Why Sergio hates. If you wanted to flavor food. meat, you would eat chicken. You got to flavor that chicken too, though. No, you have to flavor chicken because it's inherently flavorless. Steak has its own flavor. If you're dipping steak into a sauce or something, then you're eating terrible steak, or you're a child. And that's all getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> like a steak. <laughs> okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you.